Welcome to Sky Talkers. Here are your hosts, Charlotte and Caitlin. Hello, and welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hey, everyone. I'm your other host, Caitlin, and welcome to a very exciting episode where, oh boy, we got to sit down virtually, of course, because everything is virtual these days, and <laughs> talk with the one and only Vanessa Marshall from Star Wars Rebels. It was such a special interview, and I'm really excited for you all to hear it. Mm -hmm. We start off by talking about the Clone Wars, and then we talk about the theme of found family and kind of revisit an episode that we have done, that we did in 2018, all about family, found family, blood family, the whole shebang in terms of themes within Star Wars. And we kind of approach this with Vanessa Marshall because she, you know, she plays Hera. She is... Without a doubt, what people call on the internet as space mom. And we kind of wanted to talk about what we see as the strongest found family uh, example within Star Wars in Star Wars Rebels. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of how we approach the conversation. The conversation does kind of dive deep into uh, how we're all feeling and how we take the, these themes of Star Wars into our own life. And of course, it's very relevant right now in terms of the crisis that we're dealing with this global pandemic. So just keep that in mind as you're listening. Yeah, it definitely went into a direction that I don't think either of us had planned for in that regard, but it was very cathartic. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it was really good. You know, similar to Hera, I feel like Vanessa is someone that you just want to like talk you through things. <laughs> and uh, she, it was, it was just lovely to talk to her. And um, yeah, we had a really good time. So I hope you all enjoy the interview that's to follow. But before we get into that, we did just have a very special announcement here on the show. Actually, we wanted to say a big happy birthday to one of our longest listeners that we've had on Sky Talkers. Her name is Emily, and she recently celebrated her golden birthday, which, Charlotte, I did not know what a golden birthday was until way after I had passed my golden birthday. <laughs> oh, that's sad. My golden birthday was last year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was um, – my golden birthday was my 11th birthday, and it passed way before I even heard of what a golden birthday was. But uh, Emily just celebrated her golden birthday, and she turned 12 years old on May 12th. And uh, Emily, like I said, she has been – probably honestly one of our first listeners of Sky Talkers <laughs> and uh, we got to meet her at Celebration this past year in April and she is just such a lovely young lady and her love for Star Wars and so many other things too. She is so invested in different stories and we get to hear a lot of that from her mom Amy and it is just it's so great. <laughs> we love Emily a lot. So happy birthday to Emily from Skytalker, Charlotte, and Caitlin. We're sorry we're a little late, but that's just how our podcasting schedule worked this week. <laughs> but we are so happy to have been able to meet you through Star Wars. Um, and Emily was actually doing a fundraiser for her birthday this year for the Animal Rescue League of Iowa, which is just so great. Um, I know that her and her family have a couple of cats. Um I don't think other pets, but I know they have cats. <laughs> um, so Emily did a fundraiser for that for her birthday. So if you are interested in donating to the Animal Rescue League of Iowa or Emily's fundraiser itself, we will have both of those links in the show notes today. 
Yes, absolutely. And happy birthday, Emily. We are so grateful that you listen and we love your heart and we love mm-hmm. that you are raising money for the Animal Rescue League of Iowa. That is so great, especially right now when, you know, so many people are adopting pets and, mm-hmm. you know, there it's an essential service really to be able to take care of animals, especially in um, an animal shelter. Mm-hmm. So thank yeah. you so much for raising money for this. It's we go, I'm sure it goes a long way. Yeah, absolutely. So without do I get to say it without further ado? Yeah, do it. Do it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it feels weird. Um <laughs> so, you want me to do it? I can hold your hand through it. <laughs> no, 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 I can do it, guys. <laughs> so without further ado, let's get started. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first. We are so excited today to welcome Vanessa Marshall, the voice of everyone's favorite Harrison Dula, to Sky Talkers. Welcome, Vanessa, and thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I'm grateful we could find some time to hang out. <laughs> me too. Me too. I hope that you're staying safe and healthy during this whole crazy crisis that Thing. we're all in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's it, I'm very glad that we're able to make this connection and talk over podcasting, which is definitely one of the joys that we can have right now. I know that there were so many, just to jump right into it, there were so many fellow fans of, of mine and especially myself who were, I was so thrilled to see your name in the credits of the last arc of The Clone Wars. I was so happy to see you as Rook cast. And I kind of wanted to hear your experience with you know, joining the Clone Wars after being on Rebels and doing so much amazing voice work for Star Wars throughout, you know, so much like films. And I love hearing your voice in Galaxy's Edge, too. It's like one of my favorite parts of Smuggler. (laughs) And I just wanted to hear your experience with uh, stepping into the shoes of Rook cast. Well, uh, first of all, I got an email, um, you know, saying, would you be interested in working on the Clone Wars? I said, absolutely. Um, and, uh, when I discovered that it was a Mandalorian character and, uh, one from the comic book, uh, I I was freaking out. (laughs) Um, I was so excited and, uh, studied the script and did all kinds of research and, um, showed up on the day and, you know, there are my heroes all gathered around. There was, uh, James Arnold Taylor and, um, Ashley Eckstein and Sam Witwer. And I mean, it was just, I know Rebels was one thing and every day was a magic carpet ride, but this was in particular as a major Clone Wars fan, I just was in awe and uh, so grateful and humbled to be there. And uh, we obviously wanted to make her voice very different from Hera's, uh, but one of the dangers of simply trying to make a voice different is that it might become hollow in the sense that it's born out of the necessity to sound different, not this character is completely different and and, uh, organized in a very different vocal range um, due to sort of character elements. And so it's always better to go from the inside out uh, than from the outside in. And when we did that, I came up with a a few different ideas and we landed on sort of a a deeper, richer sound, almost uh, mirroring her sort of dark intentions with uh, her Lord, (laughs) Darth Maul. And uh, we put the British accent on there um, to sort of also 
keep it farther away from Hera. Um, and then we just played the scene and the stakes of each scene. And that was that. Um, and I had no idea exactly what else was going on in the full final arc because I was only given the, the portion that I appeared in. Um, so I was able to enjoy it as a fan a hundred percent when it finally came out on Disney plus. And I just I loved it. I loved all, all, all of the episodes actually. You really had the best of both worlds. It sounds like getting to be a part of it and then also enjoy it as it was airing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we are huge fans of the Lucasfilm animation department. We actually have a saying on our show, which is look to the animation department for the future of Star Wars. <laughs> it's one yeah. of our favorite catchphrases. But That's Charlotte lucky. and I grew up watching the Clone Wars. Um, we That was really the first thing that we got to bond over as um, at the time, like I came into Star Wars after it was already finished. Um Revenge of the Sith had already come out in theaters and was over and done with. And then Charlotte, when we were in middle school, was actually the one who introduced me to Star Wars um, the following year. And that is how we both, how I fell in love with it. And then it's kind of been the foundation of our friendship for the past 15 years at this point. (laughs) So um, the Clone Wars coming out was like the first thing that we got to experience together. Like the first new Star Wars thing. You're so lucky. I know. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) it was, it was, Pretty special, yeah. I can't lie. <laughs> For me, I began with the first film that came out. Um, so, you know, episode four, but um, in a film series. And uh, for me, Clone Wars really fleshed out everything that came before and after it so that I was able to rewatch those things, um, maybe more like you did, and, and get even more out of um, Anakin's sort of turning to the dark side, et cetera. Um, and uh, yeah, I, oh my gosh, I just can't believe if you entered from Clone Wars, you're so lucky. That's that's awesome. <laughs> it a was a great entry point. It, it really was. And I think that's something that we talk a lot about on our show is just like the different entry points into Star Wars. It's just, it's so incredible. And, you know, then getting to follow the Rebels crew as well for the next four years later, um, oh, it was yeah. just it was so special. Uh, yeah. We just we love these animated stories and like finishing up Resistance a couple months ago too. They're just all so special and unique and have such a clear and distinct voice. But I kind of want to know because being big animation fans, we're also obviously really big fans of Dave Filoni and the storytelling that he does in these shows. Was there a difference between watching Dave work within the Clone Wars versus how you experienced his directing and writing within Rebels? No, I think it was about the same. Um, yeah, I didn't really, I didn't really notice any difference. Um, no, it was the same level of excellence. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, his his commitment to telling uh, a really great story and um, honoring uh, the characters involved and the situation and the stakes and um, yeah, no, it felt it felt pretty much the same. It just. I was in a different area, obviously, um, you know, Hera is such a heart-centered, nurturing badass, <laughs> but um, Rook cast is obviously um, a little darker. So um, I was I was playing in a different area, but all in the same saga. So I think it, it was pretty much the same. Yeah, I that's, that's super interesting. I have heard through the grapevine that you are creating a costume for a cast. Is that true? Um, I am working with uh, 
members of the 501st to put together a Rook cast uh, cosplay. Yes, I am. So great. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I need to ask Dave Filoni for the exact artwork, but I haven't had a chance to do that yet. I, I don't know whether to bother him in the middle of the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he has it. I'm sure he'd give it up. I that's yeah. that's so cool. I can't wait to see that someday when it's finished. Oh yeah, that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my cosplay skills are next to nothing. <laughs> I have no 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 skills in that I'm just uh, area. A huge Mandalorian fan, so yeah, I'm I'm very excited. <laughs> So since you did get to see the end of the Clone Wars kind of ad- as it was airing, uh, how did you feel? What was your reaction? Uh, how much did you cry? Because <laughs> we cried a lot. Oh, oh, ugly cried the whole time. Yeah, I, I ugly <laughs> cried a lot. Um, definitely. I think the final arc really had the most profound um, impact on me emotionally for whatever reason. Um, I, I think I texted Dave Filoni after watching the first episode and I said, uh, thank you for creating something that feels like home, something we all need right now. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think, uh, it's akin to the idea of family, um, that when, when we're all watching that together and experiencing such great star Wars, all of us, um, it feels like we're all back home again. You know, um, and that gave me so much comfort. Obviously, the storyline is very dark, but um, I was so comforted watching it. Yeah, yeah, I feel exactly the same way. It was strange how uh, emotionally satisfied I was with the ending of this series, given that it is in such a dark timeline. (laughs) It was the balance of that was honestly just remarkable. Um, I can't speak highly enough of the family of the ending, (laughs) which leads me to our topic for this episode, which is going to be family. Um, So back in 2018, longtime listeners of Sky Talkers will know that we love doing themed episodes. And back in 2018, we did a themed episode all about the topic of family in Star Wars. And since we had the opportunity to talk to basically the mom of one of the greatest Star Wars families in the franchise, we thought it would be really fun to revisit this topic with Vanessa Marshall, uh, Harrison Dula herself. Um, I think it's kind of interesting to remember where we were back in 2018 when we recorded this episode initially. Uh, We recorded this in the early summer of 2018. So the series finale of Rebels had actually just come out relatively recently. Solo had also just come out. There was no global pandemic. Things were cruising right along. (laughs) (laughs) But since that time, I think it's really interesting because we did talk about Clone Wars um, in that episode as well. But now we actually have the end of Clone Wars that has come out, obviously the end of the Skywalker saga. We've had Resistance and now the Mandalorian. So much has kind of entered into this topic of family. And I think that one of the great things about Star Wars that I think everyone loves about this franchise is that you can look at something that on the surface seems kind of like a basic topic, you know, like family, found family, blood family. Yes, we got it. It's important in Star Wars. But when you actually start to peel it back and look at, okay, what makes a family like the Ghost Crew really function well? What made a family like the Skywalkers a little bit more dysfunctional? What were the pros and cons of all these kinds of setups? And how did they influence each other for better and for worse? It it really becomes really fascinating. And to compare and contrast between all these different groups of people we've had for the past, you know, 
over 40 years at this point. It's just really special. And there's really nothing else like it. I think there's really not a whole other lot of stories like this. So, you know, how has the theme of family continued to expand and grow since since the beginning, since 1977? Oh, my gosh. Well, as you've just charted out, it has certainly uh, grown, um, you know, starting with the Skywalkers and learning, you know, whose father is you know, I mean, there were, there are a lot of incredible reveals. Um, and, uh, you know, even for me, uh, when Qui-Gon comes back and indicates that, um, you know, that one can sort of, uh, revisit things. Of course, Obi-Wan, uh, does that with Luke after he passes. Um, but it seems like family can even transcend life and death. Um, it just opens up so much. And, uh, I think we saw that in rebels, um, with the world between worlds, uh, season six of the clone wars, um, you know, the Yoda arc dealing with, uh, the afterlife, uh, and all that stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sometimes we have our, our blood relatives and we also have our chosen family. And, um, I love that they, even take it to the next dimension, you know, um, where we can, you know, Ezra goes looking for his family in the world between worlds. And, uh, I mean, they don't just keep it on, uh, on the basic level that, that we're familiar with. It's, it's truly inter intergalactic. Um, but, uh, yeah. And then of course, uh, Ray with the rise of Skywalker, um, you know, we find out her, or at least her chosen family <laughs> mm-hmm. anyway, as far as we know. Um, but uh, yeah, I think they really do a great job of of threading that theme all the way throughout. And the fact that the fans are so united uh, on social media and in real life, <laughs> you know, I think uh, they've created quite a family for me as an only child. I'll be forever grateful that the community itself is, uh, has such a huge impact. And um that we have our own stories uh, that that are indelible, and they they will be with me for the rest of my life. <laughs> Truly, I am really struck by you saying that you're an only child, and how the the family aspect of Star Wars in real life has affected you, the fan community. Because I actually feel the same way. I am also an only child. Wow. And- I I feel such a connection to Star Wars and the the whole family aspect, real life and fictional, because I don't know, I am so close with my family. And I also have just found such a great community within it. And I, I, I don't know, I very much relate to that statement. It's really great. And I, I'm so glad that you brought up the world between worlds, which <laughs> I we love on the show. We love talking about the world between worlds. <laughs> and I it's there's so much to unpack there, really. Yeah. Level, <laughs> yeah, and I just the way that you have described it though, as Ezra on the search for his family, is something that I think is the goal when he is in the world between worlds, and then mm-hmm. in in there he has to sort of let go, and then he finds another companionship and mentorship within Ahsoka when she, he's able to save her from, um, you know, a different time. <laughs> and I think it's it's interesting to examine this because. I don't think I've ever thought about it being Ezra's main goal in that, which is is being, is, you know, reconnecting with his family, even though I know it is. And I think that's why 
it's so, it strikes you so much when you hear all the voices from everywhere across Star Wars. It's like it's so moving. I remember the, I've never felt a reaction really to Star Wars that was so powerful. And I know Caitlin agrees with this. Mm-hmm. Then when I was watching uh, Wolves in a Door and World Between Worlds. Mm. And I think that just to speak to your point, it really is this like in real life connection of hearing all those voices of, oh, my gosh, all these moments across the saga that means so much to me and all the relationships that I've made outside of the films that are, it's it's just, just so emotional, you know, and yeah. also this idea of Ezra reconnecting with that and then really hammering home this theme of a family, of found family, of what what you need in that moment. Yeah. I mean, of course, Palpatine is using his yearning for his family to entice him to sort of go yeah. the way of, you know, uh, Anakin, um, but at, it even makes it even more sad, but it, but it does, uh, I think uh, the, the episode where uh, Hera sees her father again for the first time, and Hera has a bit of a resentment against him. Cham Sindula. And I remember Ezra saying like, well, what's your problem with your dad? And, you know, she said that he views war differently and has different values. And uh, I remember as he leaves the room, he says something about family and he says, there's nothing more important to me. And he gets up and leaves. And uh, I think he's basically saying as someone who had lost his father, as far as he knows, you know, he doesn't know where his parents are. There's nothing more important to him than family. And uh, it was almost as if he was, in in my view, saying to Hera, like, get over yourself with your dad, dude. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But uh, it's just, I think a lot of uh, the characters in the Rebels crew, they come from some kind of loss. I mean, the universe is uh, sort of uh, in disarray at that point. And... um, they come together to, to, you know, help with the forming the rebel alliance, et cetera. But um, I don't, I remember Ezra saying that so that when we cut to him in the world between worlds, basically living, he's, he's walking the walk. Family is the most important thing to him so much so that he would travel through time and space just to find his parents again. Mm-hmm. Um, that tracks, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that it's something something that really sets Rebels apart is just that it's had kind of the most the longest concentrated time with this same group of people that is really special and like I said earlier really unique and I think that Rebels has kind of expertly navigated nearly all of these characters relationships with both their found family and also their blood family like you mentioned Hera and her father Ezra is dealing with the grief of losing his parents and then like in the end of it all you know learning to say goodbye to Kanan within the world between worlds but then also learning to say goodbye to his parents as well like those are such heavy things and you know yeah. I remember it kind of being marketed and and within the show too as like one last lesson and yeah. like holding on to these things that you value so much and are valuable like Ezra wanting to to be able to bring Kanan back is is like it just speaks to their relationship and how strong it is but Ahsoka being there to remind him that like that's not what's needed in this moment yeah and to see him come to that point to to really have the maturity to walk away from it and then to be able to do that on his own with Palpatine and his parents later on, it's just, it's so incredibly powerful. And the way that all of these characters 
were able to have time to deal and to go through, like you said, they've all kind of experienced different forms of loss with their blood family in a lot of ways. And then they also experienced it within the ghost crew too, like losing Kanan and also losing Ezra at the end of it. Um, you know, hashtag where's Ezra? <laughs> yeah. um, and you had kind of mentioned the one with Hera and her father and Ezra, um, but Vanessa, why do you think it's so important to see these characters going through different trials with these these different uh, pieces of their family, these different members of the family, whether it is their father or their mother or their brother or sister, or with the people that they've been going through this whole adventure with, like the ghost crew? Well, I think when we start with the first film, we see Luke Skywalker embark on the hero's journey, and that's an archetypal thing that we can all relate to, you know, will you stay and, you know, till the fields or will you step up and do the right thing? And, you know, we want to see heroes. We want to emulate their courage and bravery, etc. And when they go on to form found families and suffer the consequences of, you know, evil around them and oh, triumph over these things, um, I feel that it uh, it brings out a sense of belonging and hope in the rest of us here, you know, outside of the narrative, that that there are good people in the world. That if you do have faith and keep trying, that things could work out. Um, that it's worth it to try. That it that it that voices matter. That words matter. Um, that you, that even the smallest group can make a difference. Um, and bring about change and justice. And uh, I think all of these things are so important. Uh, I think especially as technology, as much as it brings us together, it can also make us isolate. In other words, people are more used to texting as opposed to hanging out pre-pandemic. <laughs> you know. But, um, but I mean, I'm, I'm grateful that uh, technology has brought us together uh, at, in the, this time, but I'm saying, um, I think there's something about those stories that celebrate our ability to come together and create change. And that is just what every person needs. <laughs> and so that fundamental need star Wars just feeds our souls every time. And, mm -hmm. uh, we're so lucky for that, but I think, um, and that sort of, uh, allegiance to the narrative that we all feel brings us together as a family outside of that narrative. And, um, so it's well worth the journey. Hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think they've, they've been able to weave it. You know, they always say that, that there's gotta be balance within the force, you know, the Jedi go too far on Coruscant and then there's, uh, an individual that's meant to correct it, a new hope, you know, there's always someone restoring balance in the force. And I think that's, you know, different families are um, being weaved in and out of those journeys between, you know, uh, the different imbalances within the force. And I would say Rook cast is part of, you know, uh, Darth Maul's intervention in, in seeking balance uh, or destroying balance. You know what I mean? So um, they've set up a world and a worldview and a system of beliefs that cater to this exact phenomenon that I think we all need to heal and grow as a culture. Yeah, absolutely. 
So do you think that the ghost crew was how do you think the ghost crew fit into that conversation of balance? Were they a balanced group? Yeah, I think they were a balanced group. I think they're a ragtag bunch of weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not weirdos, but just they're misfits. You know, when we meet Ezra, he's uh, trying to steal stuff in the market and uh, Tia didn't, or not Tia, sorry, Sabine didn't fit very well <laughs> in um, in her imperial school because she was always, you know, wanting to do the right thing. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, Kanan is a bit of a loner. Um, so I think they come together and, um, they're, are, they're on the right side of justice <laughs> in this battle for, you know, restoring balance to the force. I think, um, their humor and their love for each other and their imperfections. And I dare say their humanity, even though of course she's a Twi'lek, but, um, <laughs> their humanity unites them. And, uh, when they discover they can do things they didn't even know they could do, um, I think it once again gives viewers hope that we too have the capacity for greatness. So, um, yeah, I think their their imperfections and their humor and their longing for justice make them uh, very much a part of uh, this this idea uh, that we're looking at. So, um, I'm just so grateful to have been a part of it. It really it was just funny how the cast really mirrored their roles. You know, um, Steve Bloom was so Zeb. He was so funny. <laughs> and I was such a mom feeding everybody, you know, making sure everyone was fed and felt okay about stuff. And, um, you know, we still hang out and get together and I'm always the one like bringing us together. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. Um, and, uh, it doesn't take a ton of convincing to get them to, to come hang out. So, and I've, I love that we've been able to do these role-playing games. Um, Sam Whitwer was um, uh, DM for uh, a Star Wars role-playing game that we did on Freddy's YouTube channel, Good Evening and Good Game. And um, we did another uh, off-topic, but a, a DC All-Stars game on the DC Universe app. Um, it was a DC role-playing game, which was also hilarious. Um, Sam was a DM on that. And um, we just, I, I, I just, I, I love that, um, the bonds that we created, you know, for the sake of art have really fostered a, a similar found family in real life. Mm -hmm. And those are definitely indelible bonds. So I'm yeah. grateful for that. Oh, I, I miss Rebels so much. I am so grateful for this. It's this, this really double-edged sword, I think. I'm so grateful mm -hmm. for the show. I'm so grateful that there's, you know, a start and a finish and a really satisfying story in all in between that and in the end of it. I, I love the ending of Rebels. It is the fourth season to me is probably my favorite. It's I it's just so moving. Um, and I, I love that what, how you speak about, you know, it mirroring and I'm sure that's what writers probably saw it and it took that into account. And I just, I love I, it. You know, I, think it. I think it really was brilliant casting. Yeah. I mean, to a certain extent, um, Taylor's lack of experience with the star Wars universe, it, it didn't matter. Um, it was better that he didn't think he knew what star Wars was. It was better that he learned in real time as Ezra did. And he grew up in real time as Ezra did. And um, Taylor is one of the deepest individuals I've ever sat down and talked to. And he really means what he says and says what he means 
and doesn't say it meanly. He, you know, he's a man of few words, and what he says is usually pretty profound when he opens his mouth. And, and he's got a great sense of humor, but um, his core value system is so dead on. And uh, I know he comes from an academic family, but he was always reading books that I didn't read until I got a divorce. You know, <laughs> like, I'm like, what is this kid doing reading When Things Fall Apart by Pema Chodron? Like, really? <laughs> Who is the kid? <laughs> you know, um, he is a really deep, deep individual, and so is Ezra. Mm-hmm. And uh, who would have known? You know, he looks like this little kid, you know, trying to get Melu runs or whatever. You know, getting some fruit out in the the uh, street or whatever. But um, look at that little Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> who knew? Yeah, I remember watching uh, interviews with all of you, like in the first and second seasons of Rebels, like on um, Rebels Recon and stuff on the on the Star Wars channel. And the way that, like, even then they were talking about you all, like you were saying, like you mirror your characters so well. And they're like, "Yeah, Freddie and Vanessa know everything about Star Wars." And then, well, Freddie knows everything. <laughs> Freddie, no. And let me just tell you something. I wanted to create a bracelet that was, "What would Freddie do?" You know. <laughs> And, uh, you know, uh, that guy, I swear, he is the most grounded, fiercely intelligent individual. I mean, that guy, whatever, I usually run stuff by him because he is so shrewd and honest, like brutally honest. I love it. And uh, he he knows who he is and does not mince words. And um, I tell a story, like my favorite thing about him is that he's such a great dad and husband. And uh, we had an opportunity to go up to the Skywalker Ranch, which, nerd alert, uh, had a heart attack. I was like, "What? Well, what? You know, I'm, I'm like, even if I were if I were planning a marriage or baby birthing, or I, I don't even care. I'd be like, whatever. I'll be there. Where is it? When? How? Same. You know. But it was yeah. I'd be like, okay, no, I know it's my best friend's wedding, but tough. Yeah, okay, I'm out. Yeah. Are you kidding me? What? Sorry, dude. Do you? I got to go. You know, forgive me, Lord, but whatever. Anyway, but that guy, that guy, he said, ah, sorry, I can't make it. It's pancake day at my daughter's school. Oh my gosh. Dude, I was like, wow. You are the best dad ever. Restraint. I'd be like, I'd be like, kid, eat your pancakes. Uh, Mommy's got to (laughs) go. Like, yeah. I don't mean to be a horrible, whatever, but it's just in that moment, I realized like he puts family above all else, like nothing else matters, nothing. And I just think that's the most beautiful, respectable, rare, unique, lovely thing for a real man to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, so God bless that guy. He he is just awesome. But anyway, so there's Canaan, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) Canaan's no joke. That guy is for real. And um, so is Freddie. So it's, it's just honestly incredible. I I feel like I could listen to all of you talk about each other all the time (laughs) 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 because it it is just so heartwarming. Cause I, I remember like watching the Clone Wars, them, like the Clone Wars cast talking about each other the same way too. And then seeing that reciprocated or, or paralleled. And then with the Rebels cast too, it was like, wow, all these people, like they really do love each other (laughs) and I love them and the characters and it, it just like, it feels so good. (laughs) Yeah, I, I'm so grateful, honestly, <laughs> for 
yeah, all all the 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 funny times that that the memories I could go on and on. <laughs> so I'd be interested to know actually. So having spent so much time watching the show and then also creating it, when you think back about your favorite episodes or story arcs within Rebels, are the memories that are coming to you the moments that are actually presented on screen or what was happening behind the scenes? Like a particularly fun recording session or is it more based on what was happening in the episode? I have I have several of them. I remember our first day and then they were showing us this Bible and you know, um, Freddie and I were freaking out as huge Star Wars fans and, um, they were so kind and we had so much fun. And I I just thought like, how did I get so lucky? I have no idea. Um, and then I remember being at celebration in, uh, Anaheim and I got inducted into the 501st and, um, that was mind boggling and, uh, San Diego comic-con 2014, um, inducted into the Mandalorian Mercs. And so was Tia. And they, they gave me a Tia helmet that I still have. Um, and, uh, just the, the generosity of spirit and the kindness, not only between cast members and all of, uh, the crew at Lucasfilm, but then the fans being so loving and kind, um, and uh, as far as like different episodes go, I loved when Hera got to fly the B-Wing. Uh, yes. That was amazing. My dad is a pilot and uh, I love his spiritual sense of flight. And I felt that Hera mirrored that. So I was able to dedicate that to my dad. And that felt like a really special uh, way that, you know, uh, it sort of touched my real family. Um and uh, at celebration in Florida, <laughs> we we all went to Disney. <laughs> I'm sorry, we all went to Disneyland together, and <laughs> we rode on this one uh, ride that was I don't even understand. It's nothing. I don't think any of us ever would have been like, "Oh, that's a, let's go do that." <laughs> but it was like this thing where there are airplanes in this, that fly up high. I, I'm not really sure what this was, but we each were in our, our little airplanes <laughs> flying around. And I, I don't know why we could not stop laughing. And, uh, it was just so silly. And I have a picture of us when we got off that ride and we all thought we were going to throw up, but um, <laughs> I don't know, like we just, we worked hard and we played hard and um, just truly loved each other. And then I remember celebration in Chicago um, Ashley and I put together a dinner for all of us, um, at the steakhouse, Gibson steakhouse. And it was just so beautiful. The star Wars resistance people were there and, you know, we all were raising a glass to all things star Wars forever and ever. And, uh, yeah, it just was like, um, just so special. And, um, it just goes on and on. And I, I look forward to the pandemic being over. I can go back to planning dinners for us. I, for some reason, I don't want to do a rebel Zoom dinner. I don't. I don't want to do that. I don't know why. I've played poker on Zoom. I've you know seen all sorts of friends. We've had a. We did a Freddie Prince Jr. recipe challenge one night. Uh, not, not, I have not, a cookbook. Oh, dude, yes. dude, go do it. It's so much fun. What what you do is like well, hopefully everyone has the cookbook. I do, and and my nerd alert friends do. And, um, so we all picked a recipe in Freddie's book and prepared it and showed it to each other. So that was, that was kind of a fun themed dinner, but for some reason, I don't know why I just, 
if I saw, I don't know, kind of makes me cry, but um, if I saw them on Zoom and not in person, I don't know why it would break my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I understand. Yeah, I it's just, different. It's I, different. I don't know, dude. I love them so much. Like the fact that I couldn't go see them would kill me. Yeah. And so it's like, I'm cool with social media. Like I'm cool seeing them on there and like wishing them all the best and loving them. And no, I want to see them for dinner when this is over. I just can't do it. Um, mm-hmm. It's too much. <laughs> it'll, um, it'll be that yeah. much more meaningful to, to have everyone together in, in real life. I can't half measure it. Yeah. A Zoom feels like a half measure. It's it's just – it will be too painful to only see them on screen and not hug them. It would mm-hmm. kill me. Oh, I got it. It's like breaking my yeah. heart and I've never even been to one of these dinners. <laughs> oh, it's, it's so much, I, just, I love finding a special restaurant and like Tia has the best taste in restaurants. Like that kid has her finger on the pulse of all things culinary and like I'll call the owner and I'll get like a special room and, you know, make sure that, you know, we can all get whatever we want and different people have different dietary needs. And like, I just love like planning a dinner party for us, you know? So then to just be like, oh, I'm going to have a grilled cheese. Yeah. Whatever you're doing at your house. Let's just say, oh, hey, how are you? No, dude. No, 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 no. Can't, can't do. So anyway, I really do care about them and uh, I hope that they are all staying safe and I do keep lobbing out emails, like I call them pandemic checks. <laughs> I'm, Amazing. I'm still, still Hera checking in, making sure the crew's alive. And uh, <laughs> they usually write back with some hilarity, um, you know, with silly pictures like, oh, I'm doing great. And then there's like a picture of a Sasquatch, you know, <laughs> I don't know. They, <laughs> we never stop laughing ever. But um, yeah, I do think it's interesting though that I couldn't survive a zoom that would just break my heart anyway <laughs> i completely understand that i really do i i i feel like it 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 would it's just hard it's hard to there's a sort of acceptance about like where where we're at right now that happens when you do the zoom yeah you know it's it's interesting because rebels is over so it's not like i see them every day anyway but when i do see them it rocks yeah so to see them and have it sort of rock would be not cool. I don't know, but oh. maybe I'll change my tune if this goes on for much longer. You know, for now I'm holding out that we'll we'll all be together again soon. So I don't know. I mean, I was hoping to see them at celebration. I don't know what's up with that. I haven't heard one way or the other. Um, but since everything's like 2020 has been canceled in general, mm-hmm. just, you know, yeah. um, I might, I'm looking to next year to see people or just to, so I don't get disappointed. Yeah. At that next celebration, whenever it is, the oh, yeah. reunion it's gonna is going to be great. It's just going to be constant tears. <laughs> yeah. I oh think my that, gosh. The, the, the Rebels panel. Me, you know, like the roaring 20s happened after the Spanish flu. And she's like, get ready for it because people are going to go bananas <laughs> when they can. I mean, can you imagine the next celebration when we can actually high five each other, et cetera? No, no it's going to be a love I, fest. We're going to so imagine it. It's probably going to have to be a week long event, not a weekend. I was just about to say that it needs to be like seven days, full, <laughs> seven yeah. full days, and there's just like one day explicitly for high fives and hugs. Yeah, exactly. Like we're just going to have a line. Like just we're all going to like I don't know, man. Throw an auditorium and we'll all just like ah, you know, yeah. ugly cry. It'll be great. 
Oh my God. Yeah. That I think is just so lovely. Like I don't even know where to go from there because I am just obsessed with everything you said. And it, like I said, it just makes me feel so good to be a fan of a show where I know that all of you love each other so much. It's hard to explain because. Well, you know what? I just thought of something. I haven't Zoomed with my real family either. Mm. So maybe there's a there's a through line there. I don't mean to interrupt you. It just occurred to me. I was like, I don't think I can deal with seeing them on Zoom either because then that really means this is a done deal. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> you know. I think we, well, we had we had one Easter thing. My family is massive, so it lasted for like five minutes, and everyone just wished each other happy Easter. But I don't really count that as a hang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I have had ample time to have Zoom dinners with my parents or. Uh, you know, my extended relatives, and I have not really done that. I think that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it is. I can't say that I've done that with my family yet either. They're all horribly technologically challenged. Um, so right, there's that. Yeah. That would be there would be that aspect of it too. But it would be yeah. it would be really hard. Yeah, it is. I find that my opinion on on you know whether it's Zoom calls or like doing game nights over Zoom and stuff, it's like it, it changes hourly. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> I yeah. think there have mm-hmm. been many days where I think I've gone through like five different emotions in the span of like two hours, and they're all very real and, and concentrated too. <laughs> so it's just whatever happens tomorrow, how I feel, that's that's what we're rolling with, whether exactly. it's tears or just being super productive. I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm right there with you. And I guess we have permission to change our minds every day, you know, whatever it yeah. takes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I, forgive me for interrupting you. It just, just occurred to me. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. No problem at all. Um, I love how this kind of turned into a, a pandemic therapy session a little bit. <laughs> we all need yeah, it. So. We, all, we all really do need it. Um, but well, I don't think you can talk about Star Wars family without connecting to deep emotions that are no joke. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, my love for Star Wars isn't – I don't water ski over that. That is some deep running stuff there that – means everything to me. Um, I remember they had an interview saying, I don't know where, it's on some DVD, I'm not even sure. And I'm sure someone could deep dive and find it or even Google it. But they asked me what Star Wars means to me. And I just started ugly crying, like hardcore ugly crying. And uh, that that exists somewhere. And they even said like, you know, we don't have to use this if you don't want. I was like, I don't care. It's real. The the It is what it is. I deeply care about this. And yeah, it makes me look totally ugly when I cry about it. It is is what it is, dude. I don't know, man. I just care. I care about these characters. I care about the people who play them. I care about the people who write them and bring them to life. Uh, The animators, I care about all of them. And I care about my friends whom I've met on Twitter, who I will know for the rest of my life. Um, I care about all of it. And uh, if we lose any of us, I hate it. Um, I, I, you know, that's the other thing about the pandemic is that some people get pulled under with depression and uh, stuff like that. And that breaks my heart. And uh, I really hope uh, that if anyone out there is struggling, that they will reach out and uh, know that this will pass. We will have another celebration and we will be hugging each other and high-fiving each other. And it's worth it to hang in there. Mm-hmm. Um but anyway, if it makes me cry, it makes me cry. It's because I care. So. Yeah, 
I think that, you know, when when Charlotte and I were talking about what we were going to talk about with you today, we had kind of focused it in on like the actual stories of families within, you know, quote unquote canon of Star Wars. But I'm really glad that you kind of brought it back into the real world because they are so mm-hmm. intrinsically tied together, especially for, for people like all of us here who are so uh, obsessed with it. And like it is such a part of our DNA and our fabric. Like people ask us about it a lot, too, about like what Star Wars means to us and like the fact that you know my best friend Charlotte is the one who introduced me to Star Wars when I was 13 years old like I can't untangle these things when I'm talking about (laughs) this franchise because they are so important to me and it's like it's you know it's part of how Charlotte and I became so close way back then and of course it's not the only thing we talk about now but like we have this podcast and it brings us together every week to talk about Star Wars. And um, like I said, you just, you can't untangle these, these layers, especially when you're so yeah. involved to the point where you have like real and realized friendships on online um, with yeah. some people that I have never even gotten to meet in person before yet, but they mean a lot to me. And yeah, I'm so, I'm, I'm really glad that you kind of, like I said, brought it back to the real world because we should, we should. <laughs> it's important. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's so many, there's so many lessons in like a million different plot lines. I, I mean, I'm just, I'm racing through them all in my mind, but different versions of people finding, even Asajj Ventress and her emancipating herself from Dooku or however you want to describe that. I mean, her journey is also inspiring. Like there are a billion Ahsokas, you know, her whole life has led to this moment with Darth Maul, you know, and, and when we see her take the stand that she takes, how that, uh, you know, uh, plays into what we see in rebels that follows, um, that, you know, decisions matter. We, the, there are so many life lessons, um, that I think all of us are, are struggling with that we see in these characters and in their arts and, um, you know, coming together as found family, mm-hmm. uh, that, uh, yeah, they are stories within the saga, but, um, they, they apply constantly. And like you said, when, whatever your entry point is, it just keeps expanding. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I'll never not be loving this franchise. <laughs> I think is 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 like the only way that I can even begin to talk about it. Um, yeah, it it's kept agreed. my attention for this long, and it will continue to as well for a long time. I think that you know the it's so fascinating finally getting to see a, a version of the end of Ahsoka's story, and the fact like. I had kind of wanted to talk about like comparing the the family dynamics from like the Clone Wars and also like with Rebels too and how they're very different but both equally important in, in, in different ways. But I think one thing that really stands out though is Ahsoka and how she is able – like how her story threads through both of these family lines. And it's kind of interesting like as you were talking, Vanessa, I was thinking about how, you know, we saw the end of Ahsoka's time within the Clone Wars and it's – like the odd timing with the real world of her kind of going into what I presume Mm. is a relatively isolated state, at least for some period of time. And that's kind of where we all are right now in some way too. Um, And I hadn't really thought about that until you were just now speaking about it. And it's kind of hitting me over the head with like, wow, uh, fiction and reality are kind of intersecting right here. And, and like how much am I projecting on to Ahsoka walking away from 
from like this real world that she knew into like something that is very, very different, um, what her reality is going to look like for however long. And obviously I'm not in the middle of a galactic war or anything like that. Um, <laughs> but yeah. like the world looks very differently for so many of us right now too. And yeah. the, the timing is just, it's, it's incredible, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Our own little Jago buzz. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> less bugs, less snakes. Yeah. Yeah. Depending yeah. on where you live, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. More soup, yeah, I'm not maybe. A fan of the swamps. No, <laughs> me neither. I don't think I'd choose to spend my isolation in a swamp in a hut. No, I yeah, hard pass. But yeah. you know, we are in our own sort of uh, isolation at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, literally, yes, we are. Uh, yeah. But. Um, it's interesting that there are Star Wars characters who have had to face that. I guess Darth Maul did for a time mm, before sure. uh, Savage Opress came and got him a new pair of legs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really upgraded with that oh. one. <laughs> Killing it. I think I would say that Maul is constantly chasing or trying to avoid perhaps this isolationist idea i think that he Mm. wants to be a master he wants to be an apprentice and Mm. he always wants to sort of adhere to this rule of two but is Mm. is actually not you know able to at all he is you know completely he fails a lot right yeah (laughs) i I think it's interesting to bring that up and kind of uh, contrast these moments of if you can, you know, compare and contrast Maul and Ahsoka, which I think the last arc of the Clone Wars begs you to do, you know, um, it it's interesting how these characters both are probably going to deal in the future with isolation and have in the past, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Those two, man. Yeah, I, Those two. I, I loved how uh, they came together, Darth Maul and Ahsoka, in the final arc. That was just, and also the way she came together with Rex was pretty powerful, but oh. not not on the same um, uh, focal point that you're describing right now. But that that's hard cry territory right there. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes. Hard cry. <laughs> I don't know about you, but the moment I saw the Lucasfilm Limited logo at the oh, beginning, <laughs> game over. Yeah, like yeah, I was yeah. wiping my. I have to wear glasses when I watch TV because I can't see anything. So I was like wiping my glasses. They were getting so foggy. It was. Yeah. <laughs> it was a mess. Yeah, I was screaming, you know, at my iPad throughout. Like Ahsoka, she would do something, or Bo-Katan would kick someone. I'd be like, yeah, you know, whatever, you know, and then something horrible would happen. No. <laughs> I don't honestly have no idea what my neighbors think I'm doing over here, but whatever. We, I mean, uh, like we, it's a pandemic. It could be anything. I wonder <laughs> the same thing. I live in a studio apartment. So, you know, isolation has been interesting and, yeah. I, you know, it, the walls are very thin. And I, I just wonder if my neighbors are always like, wow, she's always watching Star Wars. Like I hear that very recognizable John Williams music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really pretty much. Getting me through. <laughs> Yeah, hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, especially, you know, with Clone Wars and um, when The Mandalorian was airing last year, uh, oh, we were always up, both of us were up early uh, watching oh, yeah. it. And it's like, man, you just oh, yeah. hear that that score coming through at 630 in the morning. It jolts you uh, awake. <laughs> it's everything. It's everything. I cannot wait for season two. Oh, my God. Me. Yeah, we should we should circle back 
when the Mandalorian comes comes out, we can we could do a thematic discussion. That would be fun. Let's uh, do it. We're yes. we're so dumb. They're the cutest yeah. family, so we definitely <laughs> <laughs> a clan oh, of two. I got my baby Yoda merch. I'm so excited. We all we all have that merch. Like we're all buying. Oh, that. are you kidding? <laughs> I like, I, this is the weirdest thing. I was like, I'm so alone. And then like I got baby Yoda. I was like, No, I'm not. <laughs> back. I was like, Yeah, yeah. Okay, so he's with me constantly with those big eyeballs. I'm like, Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, it's amazing. Yeah. And, and then I can seeing- do anything. I have baby Yoda's right here, man. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the. the child he's not whatever i'm referring to him in the the social media he's baby yoda Yoda. (laughs) have a hard time detaching from that term once Mm -hmm. we do find out his name yeah right if if he even has one or if Lynn gives him one i don't know i don't know (laughs) i couldn't be happier see there are the little things that get me through yeah Well, uh, we are kind of nearing our time with you, so um, we did kind of want to start to wrap up, and we have a tradition here on Sky Talkers um, for any guest that comes on our show, which we would like to make you a part of now too, Vanessa. Um, we've absolutely loved this discussion. It's been so great. Um, but our last question, which I think is actually so perfect for you because you've already kind of been answering it <laughs> or talking <laughs> about it in a way. Um, whenever we have a guest come on our show, we ask them what is called our Star Wars dinner question, which uh, is what five people in the Star Wars world world, whether characters or cast or crew, would you like to have a dinner party with? And since you get to have dinner with Star Wars cast and crew all the time, (laughs) we thought we would uh, uh, edit it a little bit for you and ask you, what five Star Wars characters would you like to have dinner with? And a a, a real life dinner party. No Zoom here. (laughs) No problem. Um, I would say um, Asajj Ventress. I would say uh, Plo Koon. Um, I would say Aura Singh because I want to know more what the heck's going on with that kid. Mm. Um, Ahsoka. And last but not least, choosing wisely here. Hold on. <laughs> trying to think who I'm really, really curious about. I actually think I would invite young Anakin. Wow. Wow. Because I would love to to see Anakin and Ahsoka together. Oh my God. <laughs> Anytime <laughs> possible. <laughs> when you um, say young Anakin, what age are we talking about? Um, not, not a prequel. Uh, I would say uh, not. Uh, I would say the age he is in the Clone Wars. Awesome. Oh. Yeah. So when, when oh. he's still hanging with snips. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, have to be in that time period anyway, because that's when Plo Koon is still alive. I hate Order sixty six, and that's also um, when uh, Asajj Ventress is still with us. Yeah. So, who are you seating next to Asajj Ventress? That feels. Like, who's going to sit next to her? <laughs> or a single. Or a single. Makes sense. Yeah. Or a sing on one side, me on the other. Yeah, I think that's perfect. Yeah. Oh, I love your dinner. I I don't think Oris thing has ever been invited to one of the dinners yet. I think Asash, oh, really? Yeah, I think Asash has, but um, Aura has not yet. And I don't so. think Plo Koon has either. No, he hasn't. He hasn't. I love me some Plo Koon. Yeah, I do. little He's, Soka. 
Well, yeah. the best. It's, it's the best and yeah. it's also too much. <laughs> like the wound is still very fresh. I know. That would be one hell of a dinner, I tell you. It really would be. Would you? I don't know if I'd ever allow any of them to leave. <laughs> I'd be like, you have to hang. Hang yeah, forever. That would be, I would Zoom with them. do you think that they do you think any of those characters would like do the zoom background thing or would they just keep it whatever is actually behind them oh they'd probably do the zoom background anakin definitely definitely would anakin would constantly change this yeah Yeah. (laughs) and then i bet like asajj would probably mute anakin honestly at some point (laughs) of course he would yeah Oh, I love it. That's a great dinner. I thought the very unique dinner too, mm-hmm. I'd have to say. Yeah. It's yeah. It, I I really like the choices. Yeah, and I, I I'm just such a Clone Wars fan that I think those that time period, those characters just I mean, of course, you know, Princess Leia, Chewie. I mean, we could go on and on. Um old school would love to have Chewie, Han, Leia, Luke, you know. Mm-hmm. But um I feel like they're so in my blood and I know them so well that like, I feel like I've already had dinner with them in a weird way, Mm. but the characters that I mentioned, I am deeply curious about and want to know more. So yeah, that's, that's, that's where that comes from. (laughs) I love that. We often approach our dinners too, from the things that we want to find out from people. (laughs) For us as fans, a lot of that is like secrets and what's coming up next. <laughs> That's funny. So that often dictates our dinners a lot of the time too. <laughs> nice. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. This was so great. I'm really glad we got to hang. <laughs> yeah, I'm so happy you you were able to come on and just talking about family with you has been it's very therapeutic to be honest and yeah. I I'm so glad and hopefully we can talk again maybe yeah. during season 2 of Mandalorian. That would be oh fantastic. My gosh, yeah. yeah. We can nerd out. That would be awesome. I I love it. I love it. Very, very cool. Well, everyone, stay safe. If there are any first responders out there, thank you, thank you, thank you for all that you're doing. And uh, as I said again, anyone who's feeling lonely or distraught, please reach out. Um, You know, we don't have to go through anything alone. It's worth it to hang in there. So please, please stay strong and stay safe. I couldn't agree more. Thank you so much again, and may the force be with you. Always. So that was our interview with Vanessa Marshall. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We had such a great time talking to her. And um, let us know if you cried because we did too. (laughs) Charlotte texted me in the middle of it and was like, okay, I'm crying. (laughs) She's like, you have to ask the next thing because I don't think I can. (laughs) And uh, unfortunately, we actually uh, ended the episode with Vanessa before we told you her handles where you can find her online. So let me fill that in for you. You can find her on Twitter at Van Marshall or on Instagram at Vanessa Marshall 1138. And she is super active online. So if you haven't uh, followed her on either of those platforms yet, I definitely recommend it. She has a great love for the Star Wars community, and it's always really great to interact with her online. So go and follow her if you haven't already. As for the Sky Talkers, you can find us on Twitter at Sky Talkers Pod. Charlotte's handle is at Clarity, and mine is at Caitlin Flesher. We also have our website, skytalkers.com, our Instagram and Facebook, as well as our email, skytalkerspodcast at gmail.com. And we are on iTunes too. And if you haven't left us a review that and have a couple seconds to spare, we would really, really love if you rated and reviewed us there. It does help people find our show. And we say this every 
every week, but thank you so much to those of you that have left us, us reviews in the past. It really does mean the world to us and really honestly lifts our spirits whenever we see a new review come through. We do check. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you to everyone who has done that in the past. And if you are interested in other ways to support us or being a part of our Sky Talkers Discord channel, you can head on over to our Patreon and check out our reward tiers there. Yes, and I want to say a huge thank you to our amazing patrons, Bethany, Jackson, Joey, David, Nora, John, Jessica, Jonathan, Emma, Dylan, Finn, Kimberly, Paul, Derek, Carrie, Suki, Brandon, and Fiorella. Thank you all so much for supporting us. Really, it, it, it means so much. Yes, thank you guys so much. And until next time, may the force be with you. May the force be with you. Sky Talkers is a member of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. Explore more great content and get to know our sister shows at WeAreEscapePods.com and on Twitter at WeAreEscapePods. The Star Wars Escape Pods Network, promoting positivity in fandom.